Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. My name is Ryan Hassan. I'm joined by Nico again. Nico, how are you, mate? Much better than you. Much better than me. Yeah, I'm I'm battling. I'm going to be straight up front. I've got a massive headache. I had a tough night. I've got Crohn's disease, which has been good. It's a, not a headache issue, but it's a digestive issue. And um, so my, my Buddhist assassin just walked past the window. So. <laughs> I, had a client, I had a client say, listen to the that podcast. He pissed himself when you, uh, when you were talking about your frog stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For those who haven't, go back to two episodes ago when... Um, I'm in Thailand and my Buddhist assassin started murdering toads that were making noise outside my window. So uh, you could have a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. The other day, because now those those particular toads that make that fucking horrible noise, they're mostly gone, pretty much. But there's other ones. They're slightly annoying, but they're just mainly froggy kind of noises. But um, yeah, Tommy likes to look out the window. So you open the window, he looks out, you know, while we're holding him mm. at the pond. And um, Melissa was holding him and then... Mon, the lady here, started talking, you know, she's oh, hi, hi, and I'm, she's like, oh, you're looking at the frogs, and I'm like, Mel, don't, don't wink or anything, because they'll come over and start murdering them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I had a bad night with my Crohn's disease last night, digestive stuff going on, and now I've just woken up with a terrible headache, so uh, Nick's going to carry me today, and, you know, I could have postponed, but I'm like, I think Nick's healing vibes, by the end, I reckon I'm going to be 100%. I've got the shoulders to carry with the whole world in my head. Um, <laughs> that always oh, reminds me. Of, that this. always reminds me of Con Air. Remember that really creepy character in Con Air singing that song? Oh, I don't. I'm gonna have to revisit it. Con Air is like it's so it's the cheesiest film, but it's so cheesy it's funny. Yeah, yeah. What? Am I gonna watch a movie tonight? What's uh? I want to go old school. What are we? Top Gun or? something old, of old school old school so like action no that's it's for for the family sort of thing i'm going to a girlfriend's house so right right and so there'll be her but also family different ages yeah <clears throat> yeah right why why do you want to go old school you just you just feeling it just for fun you know this is for fun um weekend at bernie's yeah well that's that's on the that's on the classic list i think <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the head. I don't think you're there that you sick. Go. There you go. I, need, I, I can't claim to be sick anymore. You know, you know what? This is going to be your best podcast because it's like beware the injured player. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, when someone turns up to footy and they've, they've got a slight hammy or something because they don't think. that Their focus is on that instead of analysing and overthinking everything. So that's why yeah. performance increases. It's it's also the uh, you know, in boxing and that kind of thing as well. You've got to be wary of when you've got someone a little bit rocked because that's when yeah. they can be the most dangerous. Exactly. Um, we, we were, me and Nick were chatting just before we pressed record about how sometimes you know we'll have clients and for whatever reason we've just had like fuck all sleep. You know, I might have had Tommy awake all night or, or a day like today. And it's like, you're worried, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to give my normal self to the client and they end up being some of the best sessions because you're kind of so tired that your self gets out of the way a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a really interesting thing. So, so yeah, look. yourself soon, listeners. It's this be could be today. BOG stuff today. I'm, I'm going for it. So totally. last week, we were going to talk about Bronnie Ware's Five Regrets of the Dying and we never got to it because we started talking about being an empath and a sensitive man <laughs> uh, which is awesome. So we're locked and loaded and ready to go. So Bronnie Ware, uh, for those who don't know, wrote a book uh, many years ago now, might have been 10 or so years ago. She was a palliative care nurse, so watched thousands and thousands and thousands of people die, uh, which is Really interesting. And Nick, I, you've said this before, your mum is a palliative care nurse. She has. She is, yes. And she's also written a book on, on watching many people die as well. So Interesting. We might get some, uh, some, some discussion around that as well because it is such an interesting thing. Like we're so, we're very sheltered as human beings, I think, around death and that kind of thing. You know, I even, I remember someone I knew you know, quite well a while ago when they were younger, you know, their parents never even took them to funerals and that because they didn't want to expose them even to that part of death. And yeah, yeah. And so 
no surprises as they got older. They were very, very sensitive to anything that <laughs> wasn't uh, going well. But well, we live in a society... Sorry, that's similar to parents who... You know, the hover parents, the helicopter parents that stop their kids from getting dirty and muddy and everything, they grow up with, um, they get sick a lot older as adults. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. So, yeah, no, so they if, do, if, yeah. If you, if you protect them, if you don't condition at an early age, it, it has a negative effect later on. And I had to yeah. jump in with it because I knew I was going to forget it, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, we have the same thing now with Tommy. It's like so interesting because what I've been trying to watch is we got all this information and we deal with a lot of, you know, kids with their childhood stuff and obviously I'm, you know, all the health and everything and, you know, you have all these ideas of this is how we want to, you know, raise him and it's a very, uh, you know, conceptual idea in your mind and then, um, you know, he comes along and then you understand, like, why parents do things the other way because it's just in the moment things get very hard in the moment you want to you know you want to protect 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 in the moment you want to you know do this or do that so it's very I'm just sort of watching the internal battle within myself it's like you know stick to what you said you were going to do what you know is going to be best for him in the future even if that's a little bit harder in the moment so it's, it's just it's very theory, very but practice is so much more difficult you can have the best ideas in the world yeah but a lot of the time it's it's not realistic yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a tradie and um, when I was an apprentice, like years ago now, and um, air conditioning mechanic. And, you know, you'd obviously start off, g'day, Polly. Polly's just come into the shot. <laughs> She's got something to say? <laughs> pretty sure she does. <laughs> um, and obviously at start, you're an apprentice and you're working with a qualified, you know, mechanic. So you're going with them every day and doing the jobs. Then you start trade school and you're learning all this theory. And you go through all this stuff and then they got to a point where it's only like second year, I think, and I started going out and doing jobs on my own. That first two weeks of doing jobs on my own learnt more than the previous two years combined <laughs> because all of a sudden the theory became practice, but also when it's yourself, it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I remember working with someone else and you're in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, this, this is a fuck up. It's going to be their fault and not mine. I'm just the apprentice. <laughs> so it's like, it's not until you're really in the trenches that you start to learn a lot about yourself and your craft. Yeah, well, it's character revealing and you got to dig a lot deeper and it's, it is on you. I've, I've got a client who is for years been glass house throwing stones at people like you know he's never he's always hated the people in authority because they're not doing it properly and i said to him but you never step up you never put yourself mm. in that position so yeah. uh he's now just opened his own business and he said it's been so interesting to go oh shit now i'm accountable for everything i have to i have to do everything so it's you know he had all these good theories of, of yeah. uh, this should be done, that should be done, and blah, 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 but there was no responsibility that came with it. Now yeah. he's got all that responsibility. He's weighing it up from a diff- very different place. Yeah, so it's, it's funny. It's funny. Because I was an employee for so many years and then went from that to running a business and having staff. I remember back when I was an employee and I'd be cursing the boss. I'm like, oh, he's making all this money off me and blah, blah, doing all that. After I started running a business, I would look back. I felt like calling him up and apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you poor fuck. I didn't know how much stress and everything you were going through. <laughs> what about your first clients? Do you remember? Like I, I, I came out of study and then yeah. just went straight into opening my own business, just hung my shingle out and uh, I'd never run a business, never, uh, no, no understanding of how to run a business, just uh, start seeing clients, no problems. Yeah. And, but you go from the safety and comfort of working with your classmates as pretend clients yeah. to th- and being familiar with them to then having a complete stranger walk in your door and paying you to help and assist them, that's a that's a massive leap. It's a it's a very it is space. it is, but it's but it's a leap that <clears throat> we we have to take. And I think that approach that you took, and this is the approach that I took. I don't know Melissa, my partner, it's the approach she took is just getting starting to see clients is the best way to do it because I see people all the time in this industry just getting certificate after certificate after certificate. Oh. It's like <clears throat> okay, I've done my NLP. <clears throat> God, 
struggling over right. here. You'll be right. I'm going to power going. through. Keep going. I've got, you know, I've got my NLP certification. I'm going to go see clients and they go to start seeing clients like, no, nah, I need to go and do my hypnotherapy yeah. now or, you know, and then it just keeps going like that. And the thing is, no amount of certifications will be enough because I know you can attest to this, Nick. You learn so much from your clients. It, it's ridiculous. And, and you know, we're doing certifications now. So in our root cause therapy that we do, so we're running certs in that so people get all the information how to do it here's the scripts here's how you set up a session blah 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 but then the whole thing is do it over and over and over and over again because those especially those early clients you learn so much about yourself yeah but if you keep chasing certificates all that shows is that you're a person who can go and learn what someone else thinks and you can go and study like i know i'll go and get i'll go and study i'll get a certificate and then I will throw most of it away because it's irrelevant to me. You know, I will mm. pull a modality apart and put it back together in a way that's going to work for me in the way that I operate. So, um, and yeah, I think I, I learned more from my first five clients than I did in yeah. my you know, whole schooling life because I was like, oh, this works. Oh, that doesn't work. Oh, this is shit. That's shit. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's, and, it's, and you it's, find it's, what works for you and then exactly. you, only by doing sessions do you start to then really progress because you start seeing these patterns in people. Yeah. Yeah, which and the certificates so ten, can't ten teach years, you. 10 years down the track, I've, I've had my practice for 10 years and um, I've created you know, my own methodology pretty much based on all of my experience of working with hundreds, maybe thousands of clients because it's yeah because you, you do learn so much from them. you learn it's not about you and what you know or what you think you know it's about them and what they need and and all you've got is some tools or resources to guide them and help them so um yeah, yeah it's a i don't know i i had this conversation with my supervisor who i we have to check in with every month to, to hold my accreditation and he said how are you and i'm like mate i'm busy i'm just flat out and he's like why i said what do you mean he's like you're my fifth supervision for the day and everyone else has seen one or two people why are you so busy and we had a good chat about it we figured out that most of those other people are the certificate chasers they're doing courses in how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and how to do this and how to run your bit they're trying to be better business people where i've always had a different philosophy where if I invest in myself, I am, I am my business, really. So I'm going to outsource all of the other shit, all the accounting and book work and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Get rid of that. I don't, I don't want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and be focused on that. I want to be focused on being the best person I can be. And anything I, any training or study I do, improves me, which improves my business because my business mm-hmm. is an extension of me. Oh, 100%. So, so they're, all, they're all chasing the money. I'm all trying to better myself. And I think yes. that was the, the biggest difference between them and me. Yeah, that's a classic. Um, remember, Jim Rohn used to say that, work on yourself more than your, your business and you'll love, the business will take care of itself. Yeah, it's well, so I true. I heard that, but fuck yes, that's, that's spot on. Um, yeah, I think that, a lot of the, the certificate chasing. This is where lived experience practitioners have a little bit of a advantage, I think, if yeah. if they think in this way, because the certificate chases the whole that whole thing's imposter syndrome. It's like I've got my certificate now. I actually actually receive money and help people, and then that voice in the back of the head says, "Who am I to help someone? You know, you don't deserve this. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you, you're still you got still got issues. Why would you help someone? Then it's like shit. I better go get another certificate. The thing is, everyone has imposter syndrome um, to some degree, no matter well, what they do. Because we've never been... All it is is our comfort zone. We're just finding the edge of our comfort zone and the anxiety pops up and creates all these mental barriers as to why we can't do it because it's trying to protect us and save us from embarrassment of, mm. of failing, of, of not being good enough, of not being perfect. I had, I had imposter syndrome for about five minutes, I reckon. 
and then because I, I and I thought I had this bookshelf and I'm like I've got to fill this bookshelf with all the books and every client that comes in here has to know that I've read all these books and blah blah blah. <laughs> and it was and that, but I had this thought I'm like that's gonna take me decades to do, and if I wait until then, then I'm not gonna see anybody. Yeah, and then you so, probably like get to that point and go, no, 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 I needed more books. That wasn't yeah. enough books. <laughs> so I, I, I scratched that completely and I just went, fuck it, we're open for business. And you know, my first client, I had to help stop smoking with hypnotherapy mm. and yeah. it was successful, but I was terrible thinking back. I'm looking at that and I'm going, oh no, I'm going to have to go and listen to the shame podcast because it was... Uh, <laughs> But he was also brilliant because he he was raw and he and he had some belief and he, he tried and he kept going. So and yeah, that's yeah. The, I think we've spoken about that. That's the they've done all these studies about what makes people successful, and it's not how much you know; it's how persistent you are. Mm. No, that makes sense. And I mean, like you, you just have to start because if you're not looking back on yourself when you started and being embarrassed, then you haven't grown since then, have you? No, no, you, you, you need to experience all of those, oh God, that was terrible moments because there's where your growth lies. There's where you're going to become so much better. Yeah, and then it's by getting the result with those clients where you're like, oh fuck, that imposter syndrome then starts to go away because someone starts going, hey, I've stopped smoking now and I've been smoking for this long and this is how much money I saved, thank you so much. Then you're like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's with just, yeah. that's with uh, any profession. So yeah, but I don't know how we got onto that. Into what we're talking about because it's um, there was one of let's bring it up. Where where was it? Messenger. The five top regrets of dying. Let's just start at number one. Okay, so I wish I had had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This is number one. This was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it's easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. It's really sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Most people had not honored even a half of their dreams and had to die knowing it was due to choices they had made or not made. Yep. Uh, here's a question for you. Yep. If you were to kick the bucket right now mm-hmm. how would you feel I feel, I feel like I'm close <laughs> that's what I'm saying it. <laughs> would you are you content do you feel looking on, on the life that you've had so far are you happy like you, you've taken a leap of faith you, you're living in Thailand you, you've started your own business you've overcome heaps of shit are you could you die happy right now take away you know not seeing your family and everything yeah yeah um it's a very good question i've really mixed thoughts about that i i'm i'm content with what i've achieved in my life uh i'm not i'm not afraid to die i don't have this sort of fear of death i'm just sort Mm. of if i did kick the bucket now i'm like okay cool that's that's fine there's there's not a lot Um, you can do about it is there no, it's the one certainty that we have in life. <laughs> and this is why it's so funny that like we don't, we're so shielded from death. Like we just, um, I don't think I've ever seen a dead body myself, which is, you know, that's, that's really quite shielded from death, you know, which is this, which is this thing that's so ever present. Um, the one certainty that we have and we are quite shielded from it. And this is why we get all these hangups around it because, you know, like, and people are like, oh, I want to, I want to live forever. I want to, you know, uh, aging is only, uh, you know, I, I hear all these longevity people yeah. talk about living to two hundred. I'm like, fuck that. Fuck I, 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 eighties, probably maximum yeah. for me. But when I get there, <clears throat> I'll probably be like, oh, I want a bit longer. But you know, have you seen? I, well, you're, you're only going to say that if you have, a, if you're not content with the life that you've lived. I think if you've lived a shallow, empty life. And, and you're not appreciative and you're not living in gratitude for what you've had, then you're going to want to extend it. You know, yeah. Because you're, you're constantly seeking more. You, you're not 
you're trying to fill a void that, that can yeah, be so that, filled. Yeah, so that seeking, this is the other side to it that comes up for me, is that I feel like uh, there's a lot I can there's a lot more love I can I can give mm-hmm. and I think that in, in my head right now with my life I'm not massive on you know big goals and that kind of thing but I don't really have any external goals all of my goals are now internal and so I have this sort of goal for myself around having this level of I suppose peace in my being knowing that yes we go up and down all the human emotions and that but this level of peace which I'm uh, working towards and I'm not there yet mm-hmm. so then that that's the part of me that would say there is something unfulfilled but from a but then if, if you were to say you're going to die in five minutes look back on your life I'd be like fuck I had a, I had a fair go I had a fair crack at it <laughs> gave, gave it a crack I talk to clients about um, uh, you because know, all my clients come in and they want to be happy and they come to see me because they're not happy and I say what is your definition of happiness? And majority of the time they're talking about external stuff or being in a happy relationship or wishing this person was still alive or whatever it is. And if you look it up in the dictionary, the definition of happiness is to be content. Mm. And so people ask, well, how can you be content and not rest on your laurels? Because if you're content, it's just like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm content. I'm content to live in this gutter. I'm content to stay in this shitty job. I'm content to, I'm just content. So you have to marry, I'm doing the best I can every day. Every every day, I'm doing the very best I can. But marry that with another belief that tomorrow is an opportunity for me to stretch myself a little bit more so I'm getting into bed content with how I am and how my, my day has been and how my life currently is um, but there's no such thing as perfection so tomorrow's a, an opportunity for me to try and better it in some way it doesn't mean that what I have is bad or wrong or who I am is shit because um, you've got to bring evolution into it and there's constant change there's constant mm growth so the the version i am today is amazing and wonderful but tomorrow i can improve on him but that doesn't mean that today's one is is lesser yeah that's it's it's a really good lesson in not having that black or white thinking um it's sometimes good i heard someone speak once around it's like looking at uh, your child so say if you had a child they're they're three years old and you said, you know, do you love your child? You'd be like, of course. You know, of course I fucking do. Are they just, a, you know, are they ama- an amazing being? Are they perfect? Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's I love them so much. And it's like, okay, is there, do you want to change them at all? It's like, no, just let them be who they are. There's, okay, it's like, cool. What I'll do, I'm going to freeze them and they'll stay three years old forever. Is that what you want? And they're like, no. Mm. <laughs> You're like, why not? It's like, oh, I want this being to grow. I want them to grow and go to school. I want them to make friends. I want them to grow up and they might get married or whatever it is. I want them to experience human life. It's like, okay, so you, you see them as perfect now and you don't want to change anything about them, yet you still want to see them grow. So it's like those two things are allowed to, to coexist. Mm. So it's like we, if we looked at ourselves more that way and said, I'm perfect, I'm doing the absolute best that I can. There's nothing I want to change about me. But tomorrow, yes, I'm open to evolving. Then we can do that. But it's also, I, I see a lot in like, when you explain to people, maybe in spiritual circles and stuff, about this whole idea of just letting go, letting go of expectation, um, being content and all that. And there's this, I think, false belief that if we become, if we just let everything happen and let go of expectation, then we stop interacting with the world. And we just let, and we just let things happen, you know, to us. Well, th- but that's, that's, there's a difference between being content and being complacent, mm-hmm. I think. And it sounds like what you're talking about is complacency. There's just just letting go completely and giving up and just, oh, okay, well, it doesn't. you don't have to put any effort or energy. Being content takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah, big time. That's, <laughs> that's where everyone, like you said, that's where people are striving. But I'm like, if someone says, oh, well, if I just am content and I'm living in the gutter or that kind of thing, it's like... Yeah. Give me the gutter <laughs> because you want you want the big house and the car and everything so that you feel content. But if you feel content in the gutter, like 
you're fine. That's what that's your that's what you're actually going for. That feeling. Well, and, and once again, in all those studies, it's the happiest people in the world are those with the least amount of materialistic possessions. You know, those living in the villages because they've got the sense of community and the belonging and the connection, mm. and it's it's an inherent happiness. It's not an outsourced external codependent happiness i need this car i need this job i need this much money i need 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 mm. you can't be content when you're needy no no yeah i've noticed that being here actually we're in quite a quiet part of kosamui and it is a very kind of community feel and um you know we met, we met a couple of ladies older ladies you know maybe in their 50s or so and because with uh you know covid and everything happening here they, they're not getting as much help than a lot of other countries are from their government. And um, they were deep frying cicadas, like these mm. big bugs that are found in the trees because they had no food. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't complaining about it. <laughs> they were like, they were getting around having a laugh and everything. And then we, we ended up, you know, giving them some money and stuff. And But they were, I don't know, it's like... You see people complaining because they can't make a car insurance repayment or something, and it's just it's just a different different but world. That's, that's that Seneca quote: "If you believe you have been harmed, then you have been harmed. Mm. So your mind is complicit in your suffering." These mm. women that you talk about are an amazing example of how uh, resiliency in action of how they, they don't have these expectations that the, this should happen and that should happen it's just every it's the, they're, they're being the bamboo instead of the oak tree they're being the yeah. water they're just going with the flow it's just you know, yeah. and, and they're not focusing on the problems in inverted commas they're focused on doing what they can do controlling the controllables is something I talked about with my clients all the time and these women are prime examples of that. I cannot control what the government does. I cannot control what's happening in the world with the coronavirus. And they're not codependent on the government making them happy. It's just, right, what can we do? Cicada time. All right. Yeah. And then, and then we saw them a few days ago. So this is like a week after uh, initially. And um, she's on the scooter, like down the main road, and she stopped to say good day. And she's got a big bag, and she had like um, some flowers and little things she'd made up from her garden. And also, she thinks she'd been growing some herbs and stuff. And she was just riding around to seeing if anyone wanted to buy them, right? So she's just, you know, trying all these different stuff. And she sold quite a lot, which is awesome. So she had money to eat for a few days. And, um, but also, the thing that struck me even more than her. Uh, her pivoting if she was an entrepreneur she pivoted her business hear that all the time now (laughs) Um, and and so not only did she do that wasn't what struck me what struck me was how much fun she was having she wasn't like oh fuck I've got to ride around and do this because I can't do my normal business of massage and that kind of thing she was like yeah I went around and these people bought some and she's having an actual good time in a time where most people would be complaining it was really beautiful oh your attitude is everything your attitude mm. towards life and towards not, things not going your way. It's, your attitude plays such an important role in all of this. I, such I, a I, role. I went to, uh, I got invited to go and have a chat with the National Mental Health Commission CEO um, last year. So I had one-on-one time with her and she just wanted to learn about the way I approach mental health. And, and well-being um, and I told her I'm pretty different to a lot of people in the way that I'm more proactive and I'm trying to get people to I had this conversation with a client this morning we're not teaching the, uh, this stuff in school that we're not um, the, f- the focus is on intellectual development not emotional development not personal development and I think that's creating a pretty fucked ripple effect and so her and, I, and we we had a lot of alignment, a lot of similarities in our philosophies. And then there was a big you know, town hall meeting that night, and because she was going around the country and she wanted to listen to people in the system and what was working and what's not working. And I took a couple of clients down with me, and we, we sat at a table, um, and we left and we had a discussion in the car park. And I'm like, what did you guys think of that? And they all said we can't believe how much everyone's complaining that the government wasn't doing enough. And 
the government should come and fix this. The government needs to come and do this for me. And it, it took me back to when I was at rock bottom because I was expecting Veterans Affairs and the government to fix my problems. And so all my clients said, hardly anyone in that room was willing to be responsible for their own happiness. And that woman on the scooter, she was an embodiment of someone being responsible for their own happiness. Yeah, yeah, when she had like so many more reasons than most people on the planet to complain. Um, she had she was she was literally beaming. Like <laughs> she was like a being of light in that moment on on her on her scooter. Can we just replicate her and just yeah. spread her around the world? I'm gonna bring her back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring her back to Australia and do a tour. No. She'd probably become very unhappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, "What is all this material?" She, thing? And everyone, go and watch this. Uh, <laughs> what was that video I sent you? The economics uh, of happiness. Economics of happiness. So it's all, it's all about globalization versus localization, and how localization is so such a better system because everyone's so much happier. Mm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, that's true. So let me ask you this, Nick. So we're still on this first point, but I still want to stay on it for a bit. It says, I wish I had the courage to live the life true to myself. What does that mean? We hear this, you know, a lot of people just say this word, I want to be more true to myself. What, what does that actually mean? How does well, someone know when they're being true to themselves and not just acting feel off it. I, I talk to everyone about being genuine and authentic and that that is so important to me. And I know when I've strayed from my path. I know when I'm not being genuine and authentic because I become very reactive. I become very hypersensitive. I become easily emotionally disturbed. I, I'll start drinking more. I'll start eating more. I'll start, you know, just I, I, will, I will stop being well. My well-being diminishes. So I know when I'm on my path and when I'm living a life that's genuine or authentic to me. Um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put into words, but I can just feel it. I feel connected and I feel grounded and I feel present and I feel empowered and I feel in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm using my voice, I'm saying no, I'm, uh, all, all these things, I guess, but myself is constantly changing as well it's constantly evolving so i've got to make sure that i'm i'm not trying to freeze things as you said before freezing the three-year-old um there's a really good book on simple buddhism and he talks about our human minds when we create beliefs beliefs are just trying to capture and freeze things in time and i, I don't know because I understand that we're in this constant evolution, we're in this constant change. My true life or living the life of me is just trying to go down the river of life as much as possible instead of hanging on to it out of fear. You know, it's just Mm. everyday living more and more in trust. I'm going to trust myself to resign from this job because I know deep down it's not where I'm meant to be. Mm. And it's, it's listening to that internal voice going, dude, this isn't us. This isn't where we want to be. It, it's been a chapter of our life, but it's reached its expiry date. So let's let go. I had to mm. end a relationship last year because that voice came up and it said, mate, it's, it's reached the end of its expiry date. Time to move on. And now I've mm. done it with work. Um, my my own business. I, I pivoted a couple of a couple of years ago. I went from state of mind health to mind fit because it just it didn't feel like it was flowing anymore, and it, yep. I, I wasn't happy within it. So if I'm not happy within it, I've got to change it. Not yeah, expect yeah. it to change on on its own accord. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so does yeah, that it's really the question yeah. or? It does. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so what I take from that is it's a real awareness of 
the internal and the external and just making sure when they're not matching up. So it's like you're, you're aware of this feeling state and that's kind of different for everyone. You feel like you should do something, but you're not. But then if you don't listen to that voice, then the well-being side of things externally starts to diminish. And that's when we start to maybe, you know, to have a few more drinks than we normally would or we get a little bit uh, uh, more frustrated and narky at our partner or that kind of thing. So you've just got to be kind of aware of both of those signs because a lot of those little external signs are just feedback that we can use and generally it is feedback from not listening to that 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 voice deep within us yeah well i said to my girlfriend a couple of weeks ago i need some time to go and sort myself out because i'm i'm very far away from being myself at the moment and so and that only took you know four or five days but I just needed some space to recalibrate, realign, sort of, mm-hmm. um, just just clear some shit out and get thinking straight again. Yeah, yeah. So it's also you said something important in there before around just saying no. I think that's a good sign when we're on the path because we're in a culture where we just say yes to bloody everything because mm, <laughs> we're trying. People pleasers. Yeah, uh, yeah, because we want places. people to like us. Remember those three toxic beliefs: I must be loved slash liked. Mm. So everyone is in this perpetual habit of saying yes, yes, let's please everyone, let's do everything for everyone. But in doing so, they neglect themselves, and yes. that's where yeah. you're not living your life. Yeah, and then that breeds resentment, and it's like it can be. It's very subtle too. Like it's just this little bit of resentment here a little there a little there a little there but all of a sudden over time the load gets very very high and that's when we just get yeah we just tend to be pissed off at everyone and everything but the the second half of that is not the life others expected of me and yeah. that's the thing i think the word the most important word in the world for me is freedom and it's not free of responsibilities. That's not free of to do what I want and just to buck the system and all that stuff. But it's to live free, freely, authentic and genuine. So mm-hmm. if I'm living under other people's expectations, I do not do well. I mm. oh oh, it's it's not a good version of Nick that that comes to the <laughs> surface there. <laughs> And, and funnily enough, I was in the army for four or five years. <laughs> so, um, but even in that, I felt free. Even though I was in the system, I still felt free because I was choosing to be there. And um, I was loving the physicality of it and the growth and the challenges and all that sort of stuff. So it was still, I was still genuine and authentic. Um, but I've been in other situations where things have been imposed on me. Mm. And that's why, you know, with this whole lockdown thing, we're in isolation, I didn't feel free and I realised that was affecting me. So I had to, I listened to my internal voice again and I switched it around into solitude. I'm choosing to go into solitude. Right. So that was me. You know, freedom is, is essentially feeling empowered. Um, and so nothing's changed out there you know we're still in lockdown but i created an internal shift which linked me back into feeling empowered and free and genuine authentic yep so you linked it back to what your true self actually wants yeah so i'm not living under the life of expectations of the governments to not go out i'm choosing to live in solitude because it's in mine and everyone's best interests yeah yeah it's interesting with it with me that really resonates as well i think i have similar kind of core values around that kind of stuff i always for me looking back like the normal shit that society says you should do like doesn't really fulfill me at all (laughs) like like the whole you know get get the really safe secure job earning the good money and then get married and then get the white picket fence and all that stuff like i ticked all those boxes but i just wasn't happy you know, it's like, and then you get really caught up because I had one of those beliefs that we spoke about, about that everyone needs to like me. So that's why we, most people are really torn because there's a lot of people who know they want to start doing something different that's outside the norm, but they don't do it because then they're like, I'm going to get ridiculed by friends, family, whoever it is, because it's different. And I was definitely caught in that boat, like that whole, and, and that, that stuff does fulfill a lot of people, but for me, it just doesn't. And so that's why now, like, you know, 
starting a business with with no experience and just starting to you know run an addiction clinic with no history in the industry um moving online and moving overseas having a baby out of wedlock all that kind of stuff like that stuff actually gets me more fired up than having all this stability you know like which is like other people will look at that life and go fuck that's a bit intense but for me that's it's not intense at all like the the other life is is much too intense for me it's yeah i've had the white pick offense as well and it, it didn't suit me um and I don't know why. It's just uh, once again, it takes all kinds in this world. It so, does, and and I think we need to be more respectful of that. And if you're a, f- a, f- a parent, a father that grows up and imposes your beliefs onto your children and and expects them, and it's culturally like the Chinese are pretty pretty hard on that. The Japanese, it's 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 expected of you to do this and then you do that and then you do this and this, this is how mm. it is. Those expectations, there's no room to move there. The The parameters mm. that you're operating within are so tight and that's where the lack of freedom comes into it. If yeah. you're trapped and when we feel trapped, what are we going to do? Well, just bad things will happen. Yeah. Well, we want to escape. Yeah, we're gonna, so we're going to do that in different ways. We're going to escape reality by going to coping mechanisms alcohol drugs social media gambling whatever um, we're going to escape the relationship by having uh, an affair or we're going to try and escape the, the the family by just running away um, mm. you know we're, we're going to lash out we're going to fuck off because we're, we're hurting we're going to hurt people around us um, damn yeah. you all it's hell. funny in in um in japan because there's that culture of is your your worth when you're a male your worth yeah. is based on how much you can work and provide and they've I can't think of the name off the top of my head but they've actually got a word now because it happens so often where men work themselves to death like they literally die at their desk or they die on the way to work it's like ikori I don't know the name but it's that actual they've got a term for it in the dictionary because it happens so often and how sad um, is that uh, a oh man it's on our... yeah <sighs> Just trying so hard to, 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 to feel worthy and, and kill yourself in the process. Um, yeah, it made me think like um, that's when I went and told my mum and dad because I after I shut them out for a while when I was a drug addict and then the first time I went back and I told them what had been happening, which was you know very, very tough moment, um, telling them that your son's a drug addict, he's a drug dealer, he's been arrested and all, all this kind of stuff. And then... Um, yeah, I remember my dad saying, just purely out of love, he's just like, you know, we just got to get you back, get your old air conditioning job back and get some stability. And um, I knew it was coming from love and that because what happened, the issue for me was when I had all those nice things set up in my life, the white picket fence, the job and all that, I, I wore the mask of, yes, everything's perfect. Yeah. And so externally, friends and family, that's why it was such a shock for people when they heard what was going on with my marriage breakup and then with the drug addiction um, because they thought everything was perfect. And, you know, that's this is the last person we expect something to be going wrong for. So externally, that represented my dad, like, this is the time when he was okay and everything was stable, but I wasn't. I was just completely unfulfilled, yeah. which then led to the drug addiction. So I knew the future was going to look very different. Yeah, yeah. But that's you escaping. And the Japanese thing link, links into the second one. Uh, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That ties in very well, doesn't it? I didn't plan that. <laughs> so you're on form. Best on ground. Hey, look at me go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Yeah. What a funny oh, one this is. Another important word for me is balance. And that's something I'm mm. always mindful of consciously and subconsciously, I think. Um, so I'm, I only choose to see X amount of clients per week because I need time to recharge. I need time to um, manage my knee problem. I need time to look after my mental health. I need to um, do my Pilates and stretching and yoga and meditation and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I've learned to work smart instead of hard. And it's... Uh, I've actually lost a few friends through that, especially tradies, because they're so conditioned to working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks, and, and that's amazing. So when they see me working 30 hours a week, they're like, you're so lazy. And I'm like, okay, that's it. Yeah. That's 
we you know, we've we've seen so many clients over the journey who have been tradies and um just work their asses so six seven day weeks for weeks and weeks on end and then invariably they'll go on cocaine binges for a whole week and blow all the profits they made in that time because <laughs> once again it's, it's completely imbalanced yeah. so it's like the, the the pendulum swung all the way this way and guess what it's going to come back equal the other way and then and then they're like well the fuck did I work so hard when I just blew it all in a couple of days it's actually it's all been for nothing really yeah. I, I see it with tradies especially that reach the end of their working life and they retire and then they're just so lost because they were so conditioned to work in 50, 60 mm. hour weeks that when they retire, the pendulum swings to the other end and they've got zero hours to work. They're completely lost. They have no idea. Yeah. They, and a lot of them die. Just, you know, when the Japanese work from, die from working themselves to death, a lot of, I've heard a lot of stories of, of men dying at retirement because they've got nothing to do there's no purpose yeah yeah it's like purpose that's the word yeah, yeah. it's like my identification was here and my purpose and that goes away who am I yeah, if it's... I'm not working 60 hours a week yeah it's like it's like it just holds them together it's just interesting this happened with both of my grandparents is that um, uh, both uh, grandfathers got uh, quite sick um, and they ended up dying first so at the end of their life my nans that would have to look after them and both nans were like just so switched on so with it you know for for being old and then it happened in both cases as soon as uh my grandfather so their husband passed away they just went downhill dramatically fast yeah both got alzheimer's dementia um and then yeah it was just it was so interesting to watch because like that's like a little old school mentality. Like I'm the wife and look after. Her. Now yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really needed because they're sick. So my purpose is them. Same thing with the men with work. That purpose goes away. Then we just yeah, it, it, it goes. Everything falls away very quickly. Very fast and yeah, yeah. It's it leads to suicide. It leads to lots of bad shit when when that balance isn't there. So yeah. As yeah, it's funny it said th- with this one the work so hard it says in the next line this came from every male patient I nursed everyone wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> they I, missed I, their I, children's youth and their partner's companionship yeah. I, had a, yeah. I had a client say to me I, I can I can provide anything for my for my kids I can give my kids anything they want and I said yep. can you give them a hug when you drop off at school <laughs> and he burst into tears yeah and he's like Oh, and so his focus was on materialistic money. You know, I can, I can give him iPods and iPads and all this shit. Well, all they wanted was a hug and some love. So yeah. you can't provide that if you're not there. You fucking read. Yeah, this is why we um yeah took the business online at the end of last year because it's like yeah I've we've I've sat with that many people when they've been back in memories where they're just like, oh, I just wanted my dad there and they're crying mm. even though they had all the mm. best toys and iPads and everything. It's like, I just, I can't make this mistake. And the funny thing is I don't have kids so I could work 50, 60 hours and, and I, I I do have a workaholic nature, I think. I, I have, you know, especially setting up a business, I was working till 2, 3 in the morning and really smash it so I can work extremely hard when I need to but mm. I'm not willing to do it long term because my mm. focus is on being sustainable and yeah that's the word isn't it sustainable yeah and it comes from being in balance yeah yeah and but I find you have to the give other yourself permission you've got to give yourself permission to do it that's the thing stop stop looking at everyone else's expectations of what and trying to live up to the, their expectations and make them happy and say, fuck it, I'm giving myself permission to make myself happy. What's really going to make me happy? What's going to feed my soul is going to work, seeing all these clients, running a successful business, but then taking a Friday off and playing some golf or or heading away for a long weekend or, you know, just, you know, I don't know. Giving yourself permission is paramount. Oh, 100%, because then you stop that resentment build-up yeah. And when you stop that resentment build up, you're a better friend, you're a better partner, you're a better dad, whatever it is, like all areas of your life benefit from that. But then we keep doing it because like, no, nah, I've got to provide or do this or do that. But um, we just neglect ourselves at the same time, which yeah, it is, 
it, it is sad. But that restraint thing, I think it's it's very important. So Let's the, the to, last line in that says, all of the men I nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. Mm. The treadmill, it's like a, a, a hamster in a wheel, isn't it? Just going around and around. I wonder how much this will change now because obviously that's a byproduct of the industrial revolution mm. is um, like the whole school system was based on that. So the school system has taught intellectual intelligence so that you can go and work on a in a factory on a production line and we can churn out uh, products and everything. But obviously the industrial revolution really falling away now in manufacturing and so I think the work is looking looking very different. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the answer to that. I'm not sure how much that's going to change. Uh, I like to believe that we're going to learn a lot of lessons from this coronavirus thing and it's going to you know, be a catalyst for a lot of change, but I'm also a realist as well. And <laughs> some things will change, but by and large, we'll, we'll go back to what we know. Yeah, yeah, who knows? All right, number three. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Yeah, I like this one. This is good. This is like the whole thing. It's like, it's like, when you, you said, what if I kick the bucket right now, you know, and oftentimes yep. when you, t- if you tell people you got one day to live, what are you going to do? And it's like, I'd go to mom, dad, my friends, I'd do, I'd go to everyone and tell them that I love them. Do that it's like, every what, day. What, what, why don't you do it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> because we can't. We've got these limits yeah. and beliefs. We can't. We've got this conditioning that doesn't give us the freedom to go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm does sure. this one mean to you, Nick? I should have had the courage to express my feelings. Well, my first thought was what we spoke about last week with my dad saying, stop being so bloody sensitive you know, when mm. I was a kid and when I was growing up. Um, but there's a, I think, once again, there's a balance. You, we can be too expressive. We can be too emotive. We can be too needy to talk about everything and everything. Um, so it's finding that balance of, all right, this is something I need to, get out in the open and, and, and discuss or I need to stop living in so much fear of letting people know how I feel about them so mm-hmm. um, it depends what the feelings are if the feelings are a byproduct of your existence and, and the, the world that you've created and, and being affected by everything then yeah we need to go and find a sounding board and and, and talk you know people feel so much lighter when they get something off their chest um, yeah so they stop feeling suffocated but we can also become addicted to that too which is what i think True. part of the problem is with regular psychology as just come back next week and people get conditioned to thinking that they have a problem and having to talk about things into the nth yeah. degree so finding that balance between all right when, when i'm affected by life I'm going to have an emotional reaction and sometimes I'll need to get that off my chest, but sometimes not everything needs a reaction as well. And then my genuine and authentic feelings about how I feel about you, yeah, I'm not going to live in fear of them, but I'm I'm not going to pour that onto you either because that can suffocate people as well. So I, I love very deeply and very openly and I've had to temper that because it's a double-edged sword. So... Um, yeah I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings I think comes from people who are emotionally retarded in a literal sense their capacity mm-hmm. to express has been retarded maybe early on in their life um, but I think th- the opposite can be true for some people I wish I wasn't so expressive you know I wish I had it mm-hmm. kept a bit to myself yeah yeah which in, in both instances they're not dealing with the emotion uh, really because if someone's expressive and then keeps having to express it then there's obviously something still to express there there's not they're, they're, they're venting but they're not actually dealing with anything yeah, but they're also we create so many of our feelings by how we process things and the filters that we you know the mental filters that experiences pass through so if those mental filters aren't really healthy uh, and in proportion if they're only black and white then we're going to have so many more emotions to deal with Mm, that's true that's true and it also leads on from the last one I think it's that um, when we don't express our feelings like hey 
I need to take this time for myself or hey, I need to do this or no, I can't do that, then not expressing ourselves in that way yeah, is going to cause that resentment and not feeling good. Yeah, we we'll go back to that. William Glass's five basic human needs, um, power, belonging, freedom, fun, survival, the freedom to speak our minds you know, is mm. really important. If we're tiptoeing around on eggshells all the time, we're going to feel very trapped again so we're going to need to try and escape it at some stage and people and people uh feel that way you know in their home life i know many people and then also feel that way at work so it's like you never get a break it's like if i feel like i'm tiptoeing on eggshells and can't fully express myself at work at home and that's pretty much where i am all the fucking time then um no wonder we look for escape no wonder we come home and start drinking six beers every night and um you know but, but, but this goes back to you saying true to yourself and just seeing those things as signs so if i keep doing these little coping things or if i'm feeling resentment or if i'm feeling this frustration all the time if i feel like i'm suffocating then that's i've got to own that you gotta call yourself out on your own bullshit totally and you gotta yeah so where, where am i not expressing myself yeah and it's probably at work and at home because it's oftentimes it's easier for people just to say my boss or co-worker's an asshole. My wife's, you know, she's bloody doing this, blah, blah, Then admit that we're not speaking up for ourselves and that it's our problem. I have to do the opposite. I've got to check myself on being too expressive. Before you wreck yourself. Yeah, totally, man. And that's where, you know, my new relationship is really good because she says to me, we don't need to talk about all of this to death. You know, it's just, right. just, just let it be. Just let it sit with it for a bit. And so... It's pulling me back a little bit, and I'm still expressing and being emotive, but it's it's not it's in that balance. It's not mm. down that other end of the spectrum. Finding your balance. Yes. All right, well, I I've got to jump off here in a few minutes, so we're going to really run right. through these. So the last next one two. says, "I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends," but it says um, they wouldn't realise the full benefits of old friends until their dying weeks. Um, but it's also don't don't stay in friendships just because you think you have to as well mm. so my best friends uh, are, you know, live far away so I hardly ever see them but when we do catch up it's magic and it's awesome so yeah you know, yeah I found um, relating to the current situation you know a few people have been struggling because they haven't realized maybe how much they were getting from these social connections yeah. until they're gone. You know, so all of a sudden, yeah. So it's like you know, it might only you might only be social for a couple of hours a week normally, but then and you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. I see my friends, blah blah. But now, yeah, isolation and that goes down to to zero, and um and all of a sudden you've got this weird feeling, and you can't quite put your finger on it. And for a lot of people, I found it's that because if you have like all these arees of your life, the classic wheel of life, and we want a nice balance, then all of a sudden that socials come right down. Then there's that internal um out of balance kind of feeling going on there and oftentimes it's that and yeah. so yeah i encourage people listening like jump on zoom like jump on a, a call with some friends and you know have a bit of a laugh i've got one tonight with two of my best mates we're jumping on a video call and i know that i'll do that and you know it's like that 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 cup starts to get filled up yeah, it feeds the soul a bit it feeds the soul what's number five nico uh i wish that i had let myself be happier oh let myself mm, that's an interesting one isn't it interesting terminology yeah you know what I think that terminology for me you know how like when people are dying or they get old they kind of stop giving a fuck and a lot of them get a lot lighter <laughs> yes yeah yeah and I think I think there's this realisation because I've when I've had really intense you know experiences you know, call them transcendental mystical whatever you want to call it where I have just felt this feeling of contentment and all that for me, I've realized that I was the one stopping myself from feeling that. <laughs> it's kind of this realization that, oh, this this has been here all the time. And I've been too caught up with all my bullshit over here. And so I wonder when people are getting to the end of their life, a lot of those layers get peeled back and they realize, oh, shit, I spent decades preventing myself from being as happy as I could have been. Well, yeah, I, I, th- I think they've run out of fucks to give. They've, yeah. they've given away all their fucks and they yeah. reach 70 and people call it you know they don't have their filter anymore but I think they've just run out of fucks and it's yeah uh, the joker said it best why so serious 
and we do get caught up in being very serious so being light-hearted and fun and I mean, the source of all pain is attachment we're attached to what we believe should happen which creates this seriousness and heaviness and da, 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 da. so freeing ourselves from that can uh can lead to being content happier is content being and i've seen and i've seen i've seen both like with with people that are older not too far away from the end and i've seen some who just yeah like yeah no filter but really like light like just they're just amazing to be around you're laughing all the time you're having a great time it's just this, it's a beautiful energy to interact with and then yeah. I see older people who have gone the other way and they, they must be still holding on and they get really bitter. <laughs> it's like, it's like it gets to the end, you've got this choice, do I keep, am I going to keep holding on or am I just going to let go and, and let go of those last few fucks that I've got? <laughs> We've got to wrap up, but I'll, I'll tell you about a uh, yeah, client, 72 years old, and he's been holding on to something for 50 years and yeah. he's completely buckled and been out of shape so uh, alright coming up we got, uh, we're got we going to have our first virtual guest if we can organise that whoa yeah so I've got a client who's six weeks into a 12 week program and is an absolute legend and I think he's got a lot awesome. that he can share and give to all the listeners uh, awesome. so we'll tee that up and then we'll also I want to do a suicide podcast as well so we'll do that we'll do a suicide podcast that's a topic I'm very much like talking about as well uh, even though it's a dark topic, it's one that we should be talking yeah, about. Yeah, I want more. to bring some stuff to the surface and change people's perception of it a bit, inform and educate people. That would be fantastic. And I've got, I, I can't remember, but I had like the last two weeks I've had people I've been speaking to and I'm like, this would be a good person for a guest. So Great. that'll that'll come to me. So more guests, more, guests. more topics. And uh, Nico, pleasure as always. Polly is there for people watching on YouTube. Nick's beautiful dog, Polly, is there. Oh, that's rich. Um, uh, Mason, Mason want to get a puppy again. Go, go and get better. I think I'm healed, Nick. Yay! I think your beautiful energy has healed me. Or Polly. It might have been Polly's, actually. Bit of canine probably therapy. Probably Polly's. <laughs> all right, mate. Pleasure as always. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.